0: Welcome to the Sleep Fairy Way podcast. I'm your host, Jessalyn Romney, a baby sleep consultant and a mother of four. I'm here to teach you everything I know about baby sleep, motherhood, postpartum, and more. I'm so happy you're here. Hello and welcome to the podcast today. Today is a topic that I hold near and dear to my heart. Um, It's a little bit hard to talk about, but it needs to be talked about because it is Infertility Awareness Week right now. And whether you know it or not, there are so many people around you struggling with infertility. In fact, 15% of couples will struggle with infertility. So if you have not struggled with infertility, I can almost guarantee that you know somebody personally who has or will at some point struggle with infertility so I just want to talk about it a little bit today just to raise some awareness so first of all I did not know much about infertility until we went through it ourselves and I actually struggled with secondary infertility so I was able to get pregnant with my first baby and I remember having the thought oh I'm so glad that I can get pregnant I'm so glad to know that I will never struggle with infertility and then it came time to have our second baby and it took about two years to get him here. And I remember after about nine months when we finally realized something wasn't right and we needed to go see a fertility specialist and my OB referred us to a fertility specialist. He was telling us how common the secondary infertility is. So again, I just want to raise awareness and I just want to bring some, I guess, sensitivity to the subject because like I said, chances are You or someone you know will go through this at some point and it is heart-wrenching, it is awful. I hated every second of it. And yeah, I just wanna talk about it a little bit today. So one thing I do wanna say before I start is that, and this is what my fertility specialist said to me, he said whether it's been six months or six years, it hurts. And I say that because there are so many situations that will always be harder than your situation but that doesn't diminish the fact that what you're going through is hard. So you can't compare your hard to somebody else's hard because everybody has their own struggles and that doesn't take away from your struggle and that doesn't take away for some, from somebody else's struggle. So I guess all that to say, if you know somebody who's been struggling with infertility for a year and then they get pregnant, it's not helpful to say, oh, well, at least you didn't have to wait five years like my friend. Like everybody who is going through infertility is struggling, is hurting, is, you know, feeling all of these feelings of heartbreak and confusion and feeling like a failure. And there's just so much that goes on during that infertility journey. And so it's not helpful to compare timing and compare infertility journeys with other people. So I just want to start off by saying that, repeating what my fertility specialist said, whether it's been six months or six years, it hurts. Um, So I am just going to share kind of my personal journey, what I went through, and then I'll share some things that I learned along the way and some things that might be helpful to say to somebody who is struggling and some things that are not so helpful (laughs) to say to people who are struggling. So for us, like I said, it had been about nine months of trying and I just knew something was off. I was going 75 days without a cycle and taking a million negative pregnancy tests. And I thought, okay, there's no way I'm not pregnant because I have not had a period for 75 days. But also all of these tests are negative. So I'd go to the doctor and they're like, yeah, no, you're not pregnant. And so anyways, when I went to my fertility specialist, turns out I had PCOS. I had no idea. And that is a whole nother topic, which could be talked about on a different day. But I had PCOS. My body was not ovulating. I was not having regular cycles at all. So first we started with taking a medication that would Force my body to have a period to shed the lining and to try to restart my cycles And then I was taking progesterone to see if that would regulate my cycles and we were just trying to do all of these things to kind of Help my body get back on track without actually forcing ovulation with something like Femara or Clomid Um, None of it worked and so then he said, okay, well, let's just start with Femara. We tried three rounds of Femara it did nothing so he said, okay, well, let's try Clomid. Um, but he did warn me that it could be risky because Clomid essentially helps your eggs grow and like force them out to force ovulation. So, anyways, we knew it was a risk, but we're like, well, we've tried everything else, and the next step would be IUI. So let's just try this before we go into IUI. And then if that didn't work, you go into IVF. So, anyways, we tried Clomid, and during this time, we were on, we were at a family reunion, which was like the worst timing ever. We're at a family reunion, and my husband could only stay for a couple of days, so I dropped him off at the airport. And on the way home from the airport, I felt like I was, I felt like my appendix had exploded. Honestly, that was the best way to describe it. I had so much pain in my stomach. I had my toddler in the back seat. I carried her into Target. I was trying to find some sort of medication to help me. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just panicking. I finally got myself back to the location where the family reunion was. Luckily, my toddler had fallen asleep in the car, which she never does, so I had a cousin come pick her up, carry her to bed, and my dad drove me to the emergency room. And they you know, put a bunch of pain meds in an IV, and they basically managed the medication, and they said, well, we took some blood work. You're not pregnant, but you need to go see your fertility specialist. Like there's nothing we can do for you here. So I got home after that trip and went to my fertility specialist and he did an ultrasound and he said that the Clomid had actually taken one of the cysts that I had already had on my ovaries and turned it into the size of an orange. And then from the weight of that, it had flipped my ovary down, cut off the blood supply to my ovary and I could have lost my ovary. But he said, somehow, straight up miracle, my ovary was able to flip back and regain blood supply. Um, so I did not lose my ovary, but he's like, that was so risky. We can't do that again. We're going to cut the clomid. We need to give your body a full month to recover. So come back in a month, but, and we'll try again. Like, we'll talk about treatment options, but I, also want you to come back in two weeks so we can check on the cyst. Um, because if it doesn't shrink on its own, then we'll have to operate and remove it and all that stuff. So I went back two weeks later, he did an ultrasound and he said, see, and I'll get emotional talking about it. But he said, um, not only is your cyst gone, which is like, there's no explanation for that, but you also ovulated yesterday. And he's like, I don't know how there, I don't know why, But, um, there is a slight chance that you could get pregnant on your own right now. Um, I should should not, it's good that you can't see my face right now because I get very emotional talking about this, but it was a complete miracle. And I believe in God and I believe that this was a miracle from God, but, um, I had ovulated and that is when I was able to get pregnant with my son. And so we did not have to go the IUI route. We did not have to go through IVF. And, you know, we were just very, very lucky and blessed that, that my journey ended when it did. Um, but through those two years, I learned so much about how the female body works. I learned so much about what it actually takes to conceive a child and how many moving parts have to work perfectly together in order to make that happen and how much of a miracle truly every single pregnancy and every single baby is. And I wouldn't trade that knowledge or that experience for anything because of how much I learned. And I also learned, I mean, I just feel like you can't really understand what somebody's going through ever because every you know every journey is different, but I got a glimpse, I got a small glimpse of what it feels like to struggle with infertility so that I could better understand what people are going through so that I could better understand what some of my friends are going through and what some of my family members are going through. And I just feel like it gave me such a different perspective on pregnancy, on fertility and infertility. And because of that, like I said, I wouldn't change a thing, even though it sucked every single day. (laughs) Like it was Awful. And th- like you just get into this mode of like, well, what is wrong with me? Why won't my body work like everybody else's? And you see every pregnancy announcement and it's just like a dagger to the heart. Even though you're so happy for them, you're also so sad for yourself. And you're like, why can't that be me? And it truly is just an every single day mental, emotional battle. And during it, I remember saying all the time, I would not wish this upon my worst enemy because of how much it takes a toll on you. It's awful. So, Anyways, I just want to share a few things that were kind of helpful for me along the way, things that were super unhelpful along the way, and hopefully make it so that you are either aware of people around you and what they're going through, or that you can be more empathetic for people, even if you don't know what they're going through. So just a few things that were helpful that people could say to me, like something that you could say that would be helpful for somebody struggling with infertility is First of all, keep it simple. They don't want advice. Nobody wants advice. So the things that you can say would be, I am so sorry, how can I best support you? Can I watch your kid while you go to an appointment? Like for us, because we were struggling with secondary infertility, we had a toddler and it was hard to kind of, you know, figure out how to get to appointments while arranging childcare for her. So maybe if somebody's struggling with secondary infertility, you could offer to watch their kid while they go to appointments. You could also offer to pick up medications. A lot of times when people are struggling with infertility, they are on medication. If it's IVF, they have a lot of shots and a lot of hormones they have to take. Even if it's not IVF, like I said, I was doing progesterone and I was doing Femara and all these different things. So you could offer to pick up medications for them. You could offer to bring a meal. Just ask that person specifically how can you best support them through this journey because you know it's hard and you want to be there for them another thing is just to validate validate like yeah this is really hard and this sucks it is okay to cry it's okay to cry it's okay to feel sad it's okay to feel mad and frustrated and all the feelings it's okay to feel whatever you need to feel the worst is when somebody was like it's okay it's gonna be okay and you're like well you don't know that like don't say that because you don't know that so Instead of, you know, trying to cheer them up, just validate validate how they're feeling and let them know it's okay to cry. Sometimes you just have to let out a good cry to feel a little bit better. And the last thing is just to let them know that you love them, you're there for them, and you're proud of them, and they're strong, and they're doing hard things, and they're capable of doing hard things. Just kind of encouraging them along the way and letting them know that you see that. Like, I see how hard this is for you, and you're doing it. I see how brave you're being, even though this is all really scary. So just honestly, in short, like letting them know that you're there for them. So that list is really short of things you can say that are helpful because there's really not a lot of helpful things that you can say to somebody who is going through something like this, but just keep it short, keep it simple and just let them know you're there. Now things not to say, this list is significantly longer. I actually tried to shorten it because I could go on and on about what's not helpful, but probably the very first thing is to never, ever, ever ask anybody ever a, if they're ever going to have kids b when they're going to have kids or c when they're going to have another one. I remember that, uh, when we were literally in the middle of our infertility journal journey, that morning i had gone to my doctor's appointment and he let me know that things were not going well that the medication was not working and we're gonna have to figure something else out and i was devastated and it had only been like an hour and i ran into this girl and she's like hey when are you gonna pop another one out and i just started sobbing on the spot like i was hysterically sobbing and she's like oh my gosh i'm so sorry what happened i was like it's fine we've just been trying for a long time and anyways i just kind of let her know and Um, She felt bad (laughs) and I felt bad for making her feel bad, but also like when somebody is having a child is none of your business. I'm sorry, but it's not. If somebody decides to have one or five kids that is between them and their partner and you have nothing to do with that. So a don't ask because it's none of your business, but B don't ask because you do not know what they're going through for all, you know, they could have been trying for the last five years and just had two failed IVFs. Like, just don't ask. Just do not ask, okay? That is my number one tip, don't ask. Okay, the next thing that is completely unhelpful is telling somebody just to relax. Once you relax, it'll happen. That is not helpful. It is impossible to relax when you are going through something so mentally and emotionally and physically exhausting. So it's not helpful to tell somebody to relax when it's impossible to relax, but it also is kind of implying that it's your fault. Like, the reason it's not happening is because you're so stressed out. If you could just calm down, take a deep breath, everything's going to be fine. It's going to work out. You're going to get pregnant as soon as you learn to just let go and relax. Another thing that's not helpful is saying, it's okay, there's always next month when they're telling you that they just took another negative pregnancy test. That is not helpful. <laughs> they they know that there's next month. They know that there's another cycle, but they also know that this was another cycle that they just feel like they failed in again. And... Hearing that it's okay, there's always next time just completely invalidates the feelings they're feeling. So don't tell them there's always next month. They, they already know that. <laughs> they know that there's another month coming and they might be worried that the next month will fail too. So that is just not helpful at all. <laughs> Okay, next, I can almost guarantee you that if somebody is struggling with infertility, not only have they talked to their doctor about all the options, but they have Googled every single option in the book. So coming up to somebody and saying, oh my gosh, you can't get pregnant? Well, have you ever tried fill in the blank? Not helpful because yes, they have tried that. Otherwise they would not be in the situation they are in. They are trying everything they possibly can. And so you as an outsider who has no idea what they've been through suggesting, oh, have you tried this? Have you tried drinking this type of water first thing in the morning? Like, of course I have. Of course I have tried everything I could possibly try that Google has to offer <laughs> and that my doctor has to offer. So again, don't ask them if they've tried anything. Instead, if you're curious, if you're genuinely curious and you wanna know what they have tried, ask them. What have you tried so far? I'm sure this has been really, really hard for you. What steps have you taken? What what route does your doctor want you to go? I'd love to hear more about it. Be curious and listen, just be curious and listen to everything they tell you, because sometimes it helps them to talk it through like, Oh, look how far we've come. We actually have tried a lot of things so far, and we're going to continue to try. So ask questions. Don't give suggestions. And the last one is specifically for people who are struggling with secondary infertility. Don't say at least you already have one, or at least you already have two, because Yes. Well, these people and us included, because we had a child already when we were struggling with infertility. Yes, we have a child, but that does not take away the fact that we do not feel like our family is complete, that we feel like there are still missing parts to our family, that we are still missing these beautiful little tiny babies that we can feel are supposed to be in our family, but we just don't know how to get them here. It's not working. So saying oh at least you already have one these people can't even have one okay well that like that's like saying if you uh, this is a really dramatic example but that's like if somebody has you know five kids if something happened to one of their kids would you say well at least you have four left no absolutely not because that person was still a part of their family and with secondary infertility it's the same way you are still missing a big part of your family and it is still a huge heart-wrenching struggle. Sorry. I know that, uh, example was dramatic, but it just kind of, it's the best way I can explain how somebody feels when people say like, Oh, well, at least you already have some kids. It's like, okay, well that doesn't make it any easier or any better. In fact, for me, it, that was half the battle. Half of the heartache for me was wanting to give my daughter a sibling and that I couldn't give to her. I felt like I was failing her so much of the time because she you know she was old enough to ask like i want a baby i want a brother i want a sister and i couldn't give that to her and that was heart-wrenching too so like i said whether it's infertility for the first time secondary infertility whatever you're going through if you are struggling to get pregnant it is hard if somebody you know is struggling to get pregnant it is hard Okay, I'm going to wrap it up. I know this episode was a little bit heavier than normal, but I just really wanted to raise awareness because it is Infertility Awareness Week and because so many people will struggle with it at some point. And I just want us to all be aware, be supportive, and just be kind. You never, ever, ever know what somebody's going through. And from my experience, everybody is always going through something. So be kind, be aware, be a good friend. And I hope that... You learned something here today that will be helpful for either you or for someone that you know somewhere down the road that might be struggling with infertility. So thank you so much for being here today. It means the world to me. If you could do me a huge favor, rate the podcast, leave a review, it would mean so, so much to me. Again, thank you for being here and I will see you next week. If you want to learn more about the resources I have to offer, head to thesleepfairyway.com or follow me on Instagram at the underscore sleep fairy. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time.